Hi, it's Jamie. Thank you so much for downloading our show this week. This week, Paula and I talk about animals and vets and trauma at the vet. And we also talk a little bit about getting old and our raisin eyes and our thin skin and how vain we are. All of that this week. A little bit of talk about uh, men pulling out their dicks and masturbating in front of people. We really don't get that. So we talk about that briefly. And of course, a very weird ugly and awkward moments of the week. It's another uncensored look at the world around you from sisters who will say just about anything to anyone at any time. It's the Uggs. Jamie. I'm really preparing myself for fame. Paula. Everybody has a mole with a hair. Uncensored as always, it's time for the Ugly Truth. Ugly Truth. It is episode 234. I'm Jamie with my sister, my real sister, Paula. And we're here to talk about our perverse look on the world of our daily lives. So thank you for listening. Anyway, so what I hate, and I do this every week, I put my glasses on so I can see our outline and I sound like I'm holding my nose. Like I feel like I'm my the the weight of my glasses over my headphones causes me to sound like I'm plugging my nose. And it's real it bothers me so much. So I take my glasses off like a million times when we're doing this show. Because I feel like people people can hear me sounding stuffy when it's just the glasses laying on my nose. Oh, okay. Isn't that weird? And so I do all these weird things. And I look like Ben Franklin. And I've got, like, the, I'm trying to get them to float over, you know, like I shove them in my earphones so they're kind of just floating in front of my face. It's just ridiculous. Maybe I, I should just get contacts. <laughs> if yours is bad enough, but... Well, I'll find out next week. I go next week for my eye test. Oh, I, when you go for your eye test, just take the advice from me. They, you'll have two options. They mm. will just take a picture of your entire eye, and it costs like $30. Right, Or yes. they will dilate your eye with using like four four little drops and then it'll be dilated for like four, four hours and that's free through your insurance right i recommend doing the thing where they just take a picture of your eye my eye doctor does both you if he if he takes a photo of the inside of your eyeball they will still dilate your eye at least for me because i have freckles on the back of my eye so do that i look, <laughs> that look like bear paws oh you do have them that when i just went for my eye exam i opted to do the big eye picture and she's like oh see these little spots she's like those are freckles and i am like i have freckles oh. in the back of my eye i love it <laughs> that is hysterical you have the freckle eyes too. i'm like i really do <laughs> <laughs> the doctor said it looks like a little baby bear walked across the back of your eye oh you have i have like four of them and he said so we really need to check them every year and so they try to get me to dilate my eyes every year so they can get a really good look at them even if they do the picture oh i'm like you know i'm not a fan of the whole picture thing i'm afraid of the that it's gonna give me eye cancer or something like the radiation or oh, something for i don't know sakes. well hey. if they're gonna have to dilate your eyes anyway you might as well just do the dilation Right. And, save your, and save yourself $25. You know what? And I freaking hate getting my eyes dilated. I Nobody likes such it. A... It stings. Yes, it does hurt. But it also makes me reliant upon Daryl for a few hours. 
And that makes me mad. I get so hostile. I hate it. I go, is this what it's going to be like when I'm old and my eyes have turned to complete raisins and I can't see anything? He's like, what are you talking about? I go, stop leading me around. I go, just read what's on the menu. What are we having for lunch? I hate it. I I sound like our mother when she gets a migraine where she has her big Jackie O glasses and her, you know, her scarf around her neck. She's like, daughter, I need some water. I'm parched. (laughs) I literally turn into her. I'm like, where's the water? I can't see. Oh, my God. Hand it to me. And Daryl's like, no problem. And I'm like, don't be so friendly. (laughs) I'm just the worst. I'm absolutely the worst. So anyway, so you went. You had the photo taken. You have freckle eyes. I also have a farsighted prescription. And Mm -hmm. I also have a nearsighted prescription. (laughs) I knew I was having problems reading things up close. I thought that was an age thing. Yeah. And and it still can be, you know, that does happen when you get older. I was disappointed that I was already starting to hold up my arm and read things under the light bulb. But I guess that that happens. I I thought I had more time, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I'm not even 40. I'm a vibrant young woman. I just... (laughs) What's going on? I really thought I had more time. And so... They did the thing on my glasses where they put in, they called them uh, progressive lenses or something like that. And they said, what we'll do is we'll put the prescription on for the seeing on the lower part of the lens. Right. The middle will just be like regular eyesight stuff, but still corrected. And then on the top will be for like really far distances like when you're driving and things like that so i have (laughs) trifocals that's awful it is and so he says what you'll have to do is you'll just get used to it but you'll have every time you want to see something you have to like you know adjust your your head you'll tilt your head to see (sighs) something and i'm like i'll all look like a maniac you know just keep Moving my head up and back and forth and... Yes. Well, my doctor last year said, you know what? You might want to consider bifocals. I'm like, now, why would I do that? And he's like, well, because you're going to get tired of putting your glasses on and off to read. I'm like, trust me, I won't get tired. My vanity knows no bounds. I will not need bifocals. I refuse. I refuse. He's like, you'll do it. And I'm like, well, you know what? I'd rather die than wear bifocals. What, is like, that, is that where you draw the line? Is that bifocals? I draw the line. Well, I mean, the thing is now is they're so, first of all, most glasses, you can't even tell if they're bi or trifocal. You really can't. I mean, unless you have a significant prescription and you have super thick lenses most lenses are not thick anymore they're pretty refined with the you know products now so yeah it's not like not that they're big. not like coke bottle you know glasses or something like that yeah you can't see the significant transition on a piece of lens really unless you're you've got really bad eyesight but overall i mean honestly paula the only thing that really bought that i was struggling with was when someone said that if you get transitional lenses, that they will get dark when you go outside. Okay, that's an I, that's an option. I can't, Paula, don't don't do it. I Please didn't, do it. but I'm disappointed because you know I do want to wear sunglasses when it's 
you know, bright outside. I'm, I'm fortunate that I can see things because, you know, the glasses that I got and the prescription that I got, it makes yeah. everything crystal clear. Well, that's like, good. Like, I didn't realize how much I wasn't seeing. Okay, speaking of, okay, we're going to transition because I this happened to me two days ago and I have to tell you about it. What? I couldn't believe it. Now, it happens to all, it, it does happen, but it seems like it always happens when I'm in the room or when it, it just, it occurs. First of all, my stupid cat, who's 12, Angelica Pickles, she's the oldest of our cats and she always gets the weird thing. Like, you know, when you have a bunch of kids, like I have a litter of children right. and the baby or my baby is always the one that gets the weird illnesses or something like she's the one that passes out every time she gets the flu and we have to go to the hospital. Jeez. Angelica Pickles is the one animal that gets all the weird crap. Well, she's you know, old. She, yes, but even so, she's the one that, you know, got pregnant when she was a year old because we didn't fix her in time because she was a stray. We got, she got pregnant and she gave birth to two dead kittens. I mean, and we had to deal with it. You know, I mean, it's always something weird, you know, it seems like. So anyway, she started peeing and pooping in the bathroom upstairs. Of course, Mackenzie, who is a drama queen, she's like, Mom, there's blood everywhere. And I'm like, what? So I go in there and she's peeing. She's She's got blood in her urine oh, is essentially no. what it was. So I said, all right. So I said, well, it was like 10 o'clock at night. And I said, we'll make an appointment and we'll take her in the morning. It'll be fine. We got her an appointment. I bring her I bring her in because shockingly no one else is available to do it. Of course. So I'm taking her. So I'm sitting there in the waiting room and it's quiet. Get right in and the doctor's like, Oh, she definitely has a UTI and here's the antibiotics. I'm like, All right, great. Now the problem is that, that it was late in the afternoon, like five o'clock, and that's when a lot of people are picking up their animals for the day. You know, like they were there all day and now they're picking them up and taking them home. Right. From There's always fixed. some giant golden retriever or, or mastiff or something like that in the lobby. Here's what's really funny is that they have a waiting section and it's cordoned off for cats on one side, dogs on the other, right? So okay. I'm on the cat side and there's a woman on the dog side and she's got a little pug Aww. and he might be six months old. He was so cute and she, he had a little vest on. <laughs> and what was funny about it is she's sitting there and he's making noise and she's like, Jose, we talked about this. Let's not whine. Now, do you do you, do you want to do this or do you want to leave? What are we going to do? And I'm like, you're talking to a pug. It doesn't know what you're doing. Like it has no concept other than it doesn't have a, a brain. Its face has been shoved into its, you know, brain canal. <laughs> right? It's going <laughs> And I'm like that's all it can do is it's struggling to breathe at this point, which is probably why it's at the vet and he's probably like, "Get this quilted vest off of my body." That's all he's probably I will let my to eyes pop out at full 100%. I will look like one of those squeeze toys in a minute. God. So I'm sitting, so we're all sitting there and I'm listening to her trying to reason with this animal and I'm just sitting there, you know, and Angelica's looking at me like, why am I here? You know, she's so pissed. Anyway, all of a sudden I'm getting called, ready to get called up to, to buy everything and pay for the visit. And out of nowhere, this family comes blowing into the vet with this huge dog. Of course, every time. And it's dead. What? The dad has it wrapped up in a quilt and you can see its little little tongues like laying out of its mouth and they have the, the the wife and the little girl who might be eight and they are 
hysterical like they are hysterical like this is a like this was a human you know it was which it is to i mean it would be to me too it was very traumatic they're like he, she was fine and then all of a sudden she fell and now we're here and now we're you know da, da, da. and the, the husband's holding it like wrapped up in a burrito and he looks at the nurse and he's like the dog's dead like it's dead and they're like okay so they usher them back as quickly as they can because there's like 30 people in the waiting room with their animals right it was so true. It was, I mean, and everybody, I mean, I instantly started bawling, like instantly started crying. Well, God, that eight-year-old, I can't even imagine. She was hysterical. And I thought, wow, if they're hysterical after driving from their home and walking through the parking lot to get in and they're still like, I can't even imagine how traumatic it must have been when this went down at their home, right? Yeah. So I'm standing there and I'm bawling and I look around and pug mom's crying and then there's other people who are just trying to get the hell out of there because no one wants to deal with that. Everybody just saw, <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> I didn't think I'd be seeing a dead creature today. I mean, my God. And you know how it's stressful when you take your dog to the vet or your cat because like I have been started getting a little emotional in the car going, Angelic, I swear to Christ, if you have cancer, I just, I'm not prepared. Yeah. You know, it's like you're so worried. They finally called me up and it got really quiet. Everybody was gone. I was like the last one. And I walked up there and I was paying for everything. And I said, does that happen a lot? And the lady looks at me and she's like, well, and I'm like, really? She goes, when it happens, it's like that when, because people don't know what to do. So they take, they bring them to their doctor and go, are you sure he's dead? And plus, what are you going to do with an 80 pound dog? You know, Mm -hmm. are you going to bury it in the backyard? You know, you can't, it's too big. And it obviously was a shock. The dog was not old. Mm -hmm. It was a young dog. Everybody has a story like that. Everybody has a story about traumatically losing a pet, and it's almost always a dog or, you know, usually a dog Mm -hmm. or a cat. Yeah. I mean, we lost Annie, our dog, traumatically. Yeah. Yeah, She she died at the vet. Daryl went in to get, you know, pay, because you still got to pay, went in, and all the nurses were crying. They were so distraught that that Annie had passed away and she was probably going to die anyway. I kind of had resolved that when I said goodbye to her the first time I knew I'd never see her again. But everybody was super hopeful. Didn't work out. And when I was telling the story, there were five nurses and they were we were talking and I was telling the story and all their faces were like gut punch. They're like, oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, but it happens to everybody. I mean, you have your story with Calvin. Oh, God, that was <laughs> that was absolutely yeah. devastating. And the thing is, is that at the end of the day, although you never want to go through the trauma, especially when they don't just slip into death and it's always something horrific, you wouldn't take it back. I mean, you wouldn't not have them. You would always want to have known that you had them. Right. I mean, I mean, you wouldn't want to say, well, I'd rather never have Calvin than to have to go through that. Like, it's almost I don't know. Anyway, so when I said, well, they have my heart tonight, they're like, oh, you're so sweet. And so I'm leaving. And when I'm leaving, they're leaving. The family's leaving. And, you know, I I can't help myself. So the mom and the the son and the grandpa are getting in the car. And the dad and the little girl are still on the other side. And I have to drive past them. So I rolled down my window. And I told the dad, I said, I am just so sorry for you. I'm so sorry. You're just like mom. You always have to make it about you somehow. I didn't. I wanted to let them know that I saw and that I was sorry. And he, the dad had been bawling. And And the dad looks at you and said, I don't give a flying fuck who you are. (laughs) This is not your moment. 
No, they were out in the parking lot. It wasn't like I was going in there, going into the room like I'm the angel of death you just, with their you dog. You just have to insert yourself in people's <laughs> lives and business. Hey, you're going to be, be like a mom, bitch. you know, oh, going over to their you. house and reading scriptures to them, and <laughs> you know, that is with not them. true. Telling someone that you're sorry that their dog died isn't inserting myself in their life. Come on, that's not. Come on, you mean to tell me you wouldn't have you wouldn't have done anything? No, I you would, would have just let ignored them, their presence. I would and let walk. them be at peace. He was get, he was he was waiting for me to drive past so he could do it, and my window was down. I told him I was sorry, and he said thank you so much, and I kept going. It was like this waiting room is tiny. It's not like he didn't see me standing there with my stupid cat who had the UTI, you know. Anyway, regardless. No one's prepared to see a dead dog in a quilt when you go to the vet. That's all I'm saying. It was traumatic. It was a traumatic experience. And even the pug was struggling. That's all I'm saying. Everybody has this special animal. Mm-hmm. It's And you just can't, you know, like, you can't help it. Yeah. At the time when Arthur was dying, he was 14. Yeah. He couldn't walk. <laughs> and I was researching wheelchairs for cats. Because I just couldn't, I could not process. We that he both was dying. were. I remember trying I to research that, and like, how come there are no wheelchairs for paralyzed cats? Victor was going to build you one. Yeah, because I was like, no, he's going to get through this. We just need to get him through this. And the reality is, is that he was dying. And really, what should have happened is that the vet should have been honest and said, "Listen, he threw a blood clot." He's going to die. He's not in pain yet, but he could be any second. The second that blood clot moves, it's over. And I would have been reasonable. And ultimately, two days later, I ended up having to put him down anyway. Yeah. So to me, that was a bit irresponsible of the vet to allow me to believe that I could buy a wheelchair for a cat and deal with it with, you know, put diapers on him right. and stuff. That was never going to happen. <laughs> and Arthur, that stupid cat was telling me he ripped that, all that shit out of his body and, and and flung his paralyzed body off of my bed and pulled himself along the floor looking for a place to die. And I'm like, that should have been clue enough. I know. That's cruel. I mean, it was not cruel, for you, but I mean, for like the cat and stuff. I know with Calvin she suspected what had happened and so she ran the test and it tells you like liver or kidney levels and how much the kidney is filtering and she says something like they were like outrageous or something like like the the kidneys weren't operating at all like full renal failure yeah and she says he's in complete he's in complete renal failure and, and it's painful. She says and it, it can't be reversed in cats or animals. No, it can't. And so she says, I can, you can take him home for like two days, but then he'd have to come back. And Did you take him home? I, no. Oh, I could, really? I, don't, I couldn't I don't do really. it. I couldn't take him yeah. home knowing that he was sick and yeah, yeah, and knowing that we were just on borrowed time. It was, it was such a devastating thought. Oh, I know. It's, you know what? That's the thing that sucks because, you know, we love these little creatures knowing full well that we're going to outlive them. And, and we, we take that bargain anyway, regardless, because they're so great. I don't have any regrets. I mean, I, I don't, it's just that heartache that 
only can be filled with a new animal. Yeah. <laughs> it can only be filled with a new pet. I swear to God, it's a, it's the cycle of life. Yeah. It's just very yes. difficult. Speaking of old, you were saying what other things that make you, that you do that make you feel old. And I was trying to think about stuff that I do that makes me feel old. And I couldn't really think of anything other than my constant complaint that I'm always cold because I have thin skin now. Yeah. I'm fairly certain that's what it is. So does it bother you that you're on like the downscale of your decade? I don't I don't think so <laughs> because I'm healthy. If I wasn't healthy, if I was really struggling physically or or health wise, I would probably feel a lot older than I do. In fact, Daryl and I were walking somewhere the other day and I'm like, God damn, you would never know. That we were, but you know, our age, our mid forties, is not what it used to be. Like it used to be old, and now it's like prime of your life. It's different because everybody's living longer, so it doesn't feel like as old as it used to be. People used to retire at fifty. That's crazy. That just that's unheard of now. Even if you're even if you're a millionaire, people still work till they're fifty till they're in their sixties and seventies. Who wants to do that? Nobody. No, no one. Although I was thinking about like stuff that makes me feel old other than that, that I'm cold all the time. I was thinking like, well, I I don't know about that, but the stuff that I do by myself that I wouldn't do in front of anyone else. And I'm wondering if that's going to change as I get older because it seems so immature. What do you do? do Like read Reader's Digest or something? No, no, nothing like that. But for example, no, no really bizarre shit. Like... (laughs) The other day, I was practicing my red carpet pose. <laughs> Are you planning on going the red carpet anytime soon? Well, you never know. And I want to make sure that I have my signature pose down. And so I have it. And so I was practicing it. And I'm also going to like tilt my head a little bit to the left so that it's kind of coy. So I practice it sometimes when I'm alone, but only when I'm alone. I'll even, <laughs> well, I, I stopped practicing my red carpet walk with the stop with the pose for the photographers with high heels because I fell once. You fell? Yes, I oh. fell practicing. And so I don't use, I don't wear my high heels when I practice anymore. But I do occasionally I'll look in the mirror and go, you know what? I better practice that pose because you just never know. I may I may have a red carpet moment. And so I should be prepared. Well, that so. is true. I mean, Daryl does get invited to some pretty cool <laughs> gigs. Yeah. God, we're all God forbid we actually make it somewhere in the world and we have to do a red carpet event. So, hey. And then when we're on it and you'll look at me and I'll be like, see what I'm doing? Practice. And I'll just kind of stand there like a fuddy to buddy and be like, hey, what's up? It's like, look it, it's Lena Dunham's little sister. She has no concept of how to stand. I'll sit here and cross my arms and rest them on my fat belly. You'll do the hunchback and be like, and I'll be like, Paula, you know, I will tell you that if Lena Dunham had would just listened to some person about how to stand on a red carpet... There would be no discussion about her poor posture because no one either either she completely ignored the advice or no one decided to talk to her about how to hold her head up and unhunch her shoulders just a little bit to look a little more refined on the red carpet. I think she had no desire whatsoever to look feminine. I get it. I mean, that's where she was so liberal, liberal and naked in her show. And (laughs) and it wasn't like she was trying to be pretty in her show. She was like flat footed, walking around, getting drinks (laughs) and this giant muff. And 
oh, all I this know the stuff. Mouth. And I'm just like, could you be any more attractive or unattractive? Like no. forcefully unattractive. Jeez. Well, guys don't want to see that shit. <laughs> you know, especially new guys. They want to still think that you're, <laughs> you know, a beautiful human being. It's not when you're, it's not until you've been together for a long time. Do they say that, you know. They don't see that anymore. They, they point out your mole hair. <laughs> Has anybody ever done that to you? Victor pointed out my mole hair, but he was—he <gasps> says he was trying to help me. I'm like, what do you mean? He says, I, I just, help you how? I was letting you know that it was getting kind of long, and I know that you get <gasps> nervous about it or you're self-conscious about it. And yes, so, and you pointing it out to me while we're watching television is definitely helpful. I said, you never point that out to me. And he's like, why? I'm like, I will find it. <laughs> okay, so since we're talking, I, I, I too have a cute little chin mole. For as long as I can remember, it does have hair will grow out of it, right? Yeah, mine's like a little eyelash, but I'm very self-conscious about it. Like, I'm meticulous about my my body hair and all of that stuff. I don't give a flying fuck about Lena Dunham. I personally like to be feminine and girly and it's it is not a patriarchal society that has imposed its restrictions on me. I like looking good. End of discussion. I wear makeup for me. I only I stopped eating bread for me, okay, not for some dude. So when I look in the mirror and I see the hair and it's like if I swear to God, Paula, if I ignore it for like a week and then I go, oh, I wonder. And I look and it looks like there's a fucking muff coming out of my chin. <laughs> oh, my God. I freak out. I mean, and, I, and then I immediately go. You know Daryl saw this, right? I'm looking at myself in the mirror going, you know Daryl saw this. What are you thinking? Like, he must think you're some kind of, like, yeti. Like, get that out! How many hairs are down there? Oh, on my on my chin? Yeah. It, it's really only, like, two. Oh. If I ignore it. If I ignore it. But it, but it, when you look in the sunlight, <laughs> it looks worse. It looks awful. So I get those. I, I pluck those things out, and I hope it hurts. <laughs> so I'll remember. Oh, my God. Come on, I'm not the only one that that's that is that vain. I mean, no. there are other people. Come every on. and every ladies look in the mirror. You've got one. Everyone does. Everybody. Everybody, Everybody has a mole with a hair. It's just, or it is or the is. one. Even if you don't have a mole, everybody's got the one chin hair that grows a little too long, and that you notice it. And if you turn your head and you see it in the sunlight, you'll see it, and you will be mortified. It's true. You will be mortified, and you will have to pluck it. It's true. Swear to God, you'll find it anyway. Um, yes. Yeah, so that's so. Yeah, I guess the mole hair makes me feel old because I figure the older I get, the longer it's going to get faster. Like it'll go faster. I just hope that I you know more don't pop up. You know. Well, that's a bit of a concern, and you know, God forbid any nose or ear hair pops up. Or I hope like I've I found some freckles on my arm today, and I'm like, where where did you guys come from? <laughs> they can't. They flew out of your eye and landed on your. I don't want to have spots. What's next? Liver spots? I mean, seriously, I, just, I don't want. I do not want my hands to get those things. I just I'm cons- I you know or or why is it when the veins get really big and blue on old people and you're like why how did it's their skin gets thin? That's gonna be me. I'm gonna be the thin skin. Then, Sister. Put lotion on so you're not the thin-skinned person. Well, what can you do? It just thins out. I mean, I'm going to... I lotion all the time, but I'm just saying, like, how is that going to, like... 
how do you resolve that? I can't get skin grafts. I don't know. Get some, you know what? I'm wearing gloves, man. I'm going to bring back ti- the glove. Tile putty and just. <laughs> I am. I'm going to get, you know what? Oh, maybe by the time I need it, uh, cosmetic surgeons will come up with some kind of injection for hands. Oh, yeah. And they'll just have, you know, oh, yeah, it'll thin it. It'll thicken it right up and no one will be the wiser. That would be nice. Yeah, that would be I nice. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, you never know. You never know. You never know. <laughs> anyway, you don't do anything in private. Like, you don't do anything like practice your red carpet pose in private. Like, I'm, I'm weird. I'm the weird one. Uh, I have conversations with myself, but I mean, I, do I that think all everybody time. does that. Let's see. What else do I do? Have you ever accepted an award or done a reading in front of an audience in private? Well, like, have you? I've done that. I've I've taken a book and started reading like like I wrote it in front of others. What? Yeah, you like if I'm reading it. Well, okay, so I read books. Yes. And so sometimes if it's a really good passage or something, I'll pretend that I wrote it and I'm reading it like at a Barnes and Noble. And so I'll be reading it out loud like it's mine, and I'm reading it in front of an appreciative audience. You. Yeah. I'm really preparing myself for fame. I think is what my thing is. I'm really preparing myself. I think for you should really be preparing yourself for uh, <laughs> incarceration on a fifty-one fifty hold. Maybe I need to drink more. I don't know. I don't know something. But anyway, I want to talk. I wanted to ask you briefly about. Okay, so you know now the the big thing to do, and we've talked about it briefly last week with the Kevin Spacey situation, which got way worse after we talked about it. Like, oh my gosh, it just he's far worse than we even knew. Is that Louis C.K. was uh, he had five accusers come out, and they all said that he showed them his dick and then masturbated. This is not the first celebrity to be accused of doing this. Right. I was reading that going, why are men so inclined, not all men, but why are these men so inclined to take off their pants and jerk it in front of people? Maybe it's like maybe it's just like a fetish thing. I don't know, but it's like the fact that it's happening, it, that we're hearing about it so frequently now, like this is a thing that they do, like Harvey Weinstein masturbated in front of people, and then this other dude, Brett Ratner, did it, and he jacked off in front of Olivia Munn. I'm like, what is what is that? Like, why is that happening? And I, I even Googled it because I thought this has to be a common thing for people, for men who have this thing. And I'm not saying all men do it. That's not no, my no, point. no. Just the ones that have been the ones that do. Like, why are they doing it? Like, what in their world led them to believe that this was an appropriate action? It doesn't make sense. Like, what makes them think they're? First of all, if a man ever tried to pull that shit on me, oh my god. Well, there would be violence. I think violence. I think you you think too much about it being okay. I think they know that it's not okay. But it's just, yes. what can I get away with? And it's so crazy. Because I don't even think it's about that they were more powerful than these people. I don't think they're thinking of it like that. I, I really don't. I think they're thinking of it. Well, weren't most of them like directors and producers and things like that? Yeah. But like, I think what made me start wondering about this need to jerk in front of people 
I that's why I googled it. I'm like, why do men masturbate in front of people without asking permission? Like, what is that? What is that weirdness? And it just basically said that it is somewhat of a fetish. It's not a power play. It is purely self-involved sexual fulfillment. Like it's primal almost. And the thing is, is you expect people to be better than that. You know, that's kind of the point of human society is you're better than your primal urges. That's all it basically said, but it just seems like it's such a common thread. And I'm thinking, why? I... I can't think of, I mean, I would, I don't even like masturbating in front of a lover <laughs> unless I'm feeling really randy. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't get it. All right. Well, let's quick do our ugly and awkward moment of the week. I recently was put on a new medication and it says in the little side notes that typically says, you know, will will cause you to be, you know, be sleepy, don't drink alcohol, blah, blah, blah. Right. There was just one that said will cause drowsiness. I'm just like, well, I'm like, my doctor said I could take it in the morning. So I better, you know, take the kids to school, then take it and just see what happens. Right. So. When I do that, like within 20 minutes, I'm crashed out on the couch because it's oh, so no. strong. I was like that initially. Now I can handle it. I'm I'm, I'm just right. a little tired. But the other sure. day I was sitting on the couch with my cup of coffee and um, oh, I just rested my head on the back and Ryan was sitting in the living room with me. And all of a sudden I heard him go, Mom, your coffee. <laughs> I'm like, open my eyes. And I had dumped my whole coffee over, like, my pants, like, my pant legs onto the yes. floor. And, I mean, it was a full cup of coffee. Did you burn yourself? No, it was cold, but... Because you had slept that long? I don't really know. <laughs> but... Um, okay, so is this the second time you've done this? Did I talk that, tell that one last week? Yes. Oh, shit. You did. No, it's okay. It's just, I i mean, it wouldn't be, it would be more awkward if you told me this is the second time you've done it, because... No, I, this is the same one. <laughs> that This is your awkward moment. No, this makes me sad. No, why? Because why? I can't ever remember anything. It'll be fine, actually. I really thought that I just did that, like, t- two days ago. Well, you might have. That's why I'm saying. Are you sure? Because you're because the story's a little different. No, it's it's must be the same thing. Um. Okay. Because I mean, it sounded different. It, I mean, that's why I'm like, didn't you do this again? I mean, is this the second time you've done that? Because the first time you did spill it, but you it, you were it was a uh, different. It just sounded different. So. I shouldn't have said anything. No, I should have just let fine. you do it. Do you have a good, ugly, awkward moment? Mine is a joint uh, because I didn't have my own. It was a little unusual in that. Do you remember when I told you when Bodega got out and went to the neighbors yeah, over the, the way? Lady and was went terrified and, of dogs. and Right. And then they filed a complaint with the county after basically saying, OK, well, it was nice to meet you. Maybe we'll see each other again sometime. And then two days later, we got a complaint from them mm-hmm, from the county. Mm-hmm. And it really pissed me off because I'm like, God, I hate that when people do that to me where they 
basically lie to my face and then they go and although it was her right to do it it still pissed me off because i'm and i was being like our dog never gets out anymore and all this other stuff right right and i remember going on and on about that with you telling you the story so bodega just has decided that he wants out I don't know what the deal is. He goes through these phases where he just wants to escape. Huskies are notoriously known for it. They just get their wild, the wild hair up their ass. And if they get an opportunity, they run. And he usually doesn't. But lately he has been. And I don't know if it's the weather. Maybe there's a creature running around here that he wants to get a hold of. I'm not sure. Yeah. So Daryl was standing at the front door and he was doing something right there on the patio. And Bodega was in the house and he bolted. Oh, no. And Daryl didn't even see. He goes, it was kind of like when the Bumpus dogs come into a Christmas story where the dad's got the newspaper up and he doesn't see anything. And he's like, what was that? That's basically, he basically snuck by Daryl and then just ran. And where did that little fucker go? To that people's house. Towards the people's house. And so Daryl, he's running with a leash and he's like, Bodega, Bodega. And he's running after him. And the guy is out there in the yard. Did he go to the house? No, he didn't because we got him in time. Good. But he, he made a hard left instead of going right. But he's still trying to get back to that yard. I Daryl's like, Bodega. And the guy stops and looks up to see who who's Bodega's owner. And it was Daryl and I. <laughs> I was like... God damn it. Dogs and children will make you the asshole every single time. They will let you get away with nothing. If you swear to anyone that your dog does not get out, sure enough, those dogs will get out and go straight to the people that you swore they never get out with. Over and over. I couldn't believe it. And then he did it again today. And not only will they get there, but they'll be tired from running. So they'll sit there and take a big fat dump on their lawn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I am just beside myself. I'm like, you know what? You know, thank you, world, for keeping me humble. This is why I practice in my in the privacy of my own home, because I will never be given the opportunity to do a reading or walk on a red carpet because dogs and children will ensure that that will never happen. Yeah, ever. your dress will be eaten and, you know, with a, with or, a spray of urine or peed on or something. And so anyway, so Daryl's like, he goes, God damn it, that fucking dog. And of course, they're out there in their backyard. And it's like, I know. And and then, you know, they're smugly thinking, well, I guess it was a good thing that we filed a complaint against them. Oh, so annoying. So annoying. Well, so anyway, I wonder, did you say so you haven't gotten any response in the mail yet? Well, we just had to show proof that he was licensed. Oh, okay. And we did. And, that, and that's it. We didn't have to pay a fine or anything. It was more of like... It's what it was like a fix it ticket. You know, it's one of those things like, well, there's no record that this dog is registered. And so we had to show proof and re up the registration with the correct address and stuff. Okay. <sighs> Stupid dogs making us look dumb. Hate it. Did you want to go ahead and close? No, you close. Okay. I'm seriously having mouth dry right now. Hold on. Okay, I'll do it. I, no, I'll I got do my it. spray. Hold on. Can you hear it? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, does it taste like anything? Uh, like a, a light mint. <laughs> Minty fresh. Jeez. And lubricated for your pleasure. Worse. 
God. Well, we thank everybody for joining us today, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. Please be sure to visit our Amazon link and uh, think about all the things you want to get for your friends and family. If you do register with Amazon, you can create wish lists. And so um, if there is something that you're thinking about getting, you know, Uncle Joe or something, you can pop it in Uncle Joe's wish list and it'll just save it for you and make your shopping a lot easier. So I know yeah. I have one for everyone in my family. Oh, that's a good idea. And you just plop it in there and yeah, it'll be easier so that we can go through or you have them create it and then you have them put stuff in there that they like. That's usually what I, I do like for Olivia. And that's why we end up with <laughs> three and a half, 200. 300 and a half page or three and a half pages. But yes. And then also, of course, Avon can't mm-hmm. plug it enough. Please take a look and see if there's anything that you like. If you do go ahead and purchase it and then it will ship directly to you for a low cost. And I think that's everything. So thanks, everybody, for coming by. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. That's a wrap. But make sure to watch your podcast feed for all the screw-ups and edits from this episode and what we call Ugly Cuts. And then we'll have a brand-new full episode for you next week. Thanks for listening and sharing the show. See you next time on The Ugly Truth.